Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny Meringue. And then I went to this movie theater. This is that I made a noise like this. Dusty Hera. Then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I'm beginning to like this kid, Mike. <laughs> this is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080. Are you the fan. Hour number three here on Danny and Dusty, coming off what was a football weekend through and through. Got weird in college, and it definitely got weird in the NFL. The NFL slate, as we talked about on Friday with Russ sitting in for Dusty, was uh, didn't look too appetizing. There was really only really one game, I think, on the board where you're like, I want to see how this game goes. In the NFL? Yeah. Really? I mean, did, did, were you excited about Ravens-Cardinals? Uh, n- no, that wouldn't be a game Bears, that I'm, Chargers? Excited, I'm excited about. But uh, I was excited for the Niners-Bengals. That's the one. Eagles-Commanders. I wasn't excited about that. Uh, and then I was also excited for the uh, Brown Seahawks. I thought the I thought the Browns were going to put up a a a fight, and they did. And they yeah, absolutely did. And I was looking forward to that Didn't game. Cover by half point, but um, that's story. Nah, that's why you, that's why you got to ride the Seahawks. They were not going to lose against the spread or straight up in those uniforms. It was very close. It was literally half point. Well, yeah, but that's that's why you take the right side of it. I know. Well, that's what. They just didn't on my other picks. I can tell you right now, the 49ers weren't on the right side of a whooping as the Bengals put up 31 points on the 49ers. 49ers fall 31-17. The one bright spot out of this uh, is that Christian McCaffrey continues producing. He has now tied the NFL record of 17 straight games with a touchdown. Goes in motion right this time. Hand off to McCaffrey. Takes it right down to the goal line. He does his thing again. Touchdown! C-M-C. Ooh, nice call, Greg Papa. That's a great call. Yeah. McCaffrey continues to do his thing coming off of uh, being banged up a little bit. Uh, they are not. They were not going to him, clearly, nearly as often. He's still clearly got a little something going on. Only 18 total touches across the board. Uh, this 49ers team is beat up. Brock Purdy's 50-50 balls are turning into interceptions. Well, I... I... Like, not all turnovers are created equally, no. and they, not all beatdowns are created equally, because Brock Purdy turned the ball over three damn times yes. in that second half, and two interceptions that on back-to-back drives where they were both crippling, and they are the worst types of interceptions to have, mm-hmm. because you can have the middle of a drive and, you know, ball, you, you get picked off, 
ball gets tipped, whatever gets picked off. You're like, all right, defense aren't. They reluctantly get back on the field, sudden change. But the way that Brock Purdy's interceptions happened are just backbreakers where you have a sustained drive and it's a one score game. It's 17 to 10 and they're marching down the field and you're like, okay, here comes, here comes the Niners offense, right? They are moving. It was on their ninth play of their drive. And then you throw an interception on the eight yard line, Cincinnati's eight yard line going into score. No, that one is a crippling one. Mm -hmm. Then your defense comes out and they actually hold and they force a punt. The very first play of the next drive, what? you throw an interception. Like those, the two ways that those interceptions happen are just absolute backbreakers because then the defense is coming back on the field and they're like, dude, we just did this. We got them to punt after you guys damn near scored a touchdown. And now you're putting us back on the field. What happens? One play, touchdown. It goes from 17-10 in a one-possession game mm-hmm. where the 49ers are driving in on the eight-yard line to score where is there an offense that we have more faith in in that red area that they're going to go in and they're going to finish the thing than the 49ers who can run the ball effectively, they can pass the ball effectively, they got a phenomenal tight end and a red mm-hmm. zone target, and George Kittle. I mean, they, they keep you on your heels in the red zone and they throw the interception there. Mm-hmm. Like, that... That is how you just sit there and you. This is where the snowball happens. I call it the avalanche. Like teams just start scoring in bunches. And what happened? That game goes from 17 10 to 31 17, like that. You get a one play touchdown, and then all of a sudden, San Francisco is reeling. And every time that they felt like they were getting back into it, Brock Purdy then fumbled again, man. He he fumbled because you go down and score, it's 24 17. Mm-hmm. Bengals respond. Joe Burrow, he like Purdy. That, that is, drive was just Burrow, 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 Burrow until it was Mixon and Mixon pounds it in to get the but touchdown. Like Joe Burrow is back to being that dude again, yeah. and he is. I mean, four incompletions. He had three damn touchdowns. He almost yeah. had as many touchdowns as incompletions in that game. And also, Jamar Chase continues to be always. Open. And Brock Purdy, like I get it, he threw for a lot of yards. But he turned the ball over three times. Mm-hmm. And look, Trey Hendrickson, he gets the quarterback. That's what he does really damn well. And I wouldn't want to be hit by him. I'd probably fumble too. Yeah. But you can't turn the ball over three times and expect to win. And I think that's what we're looking at now with a team that has a three-game losing streak. Like, Kyle Shanahan hasn't gone through that. No. This organization hasn't gone through that. They are way too talented. And a lot of it is on the defensive side of the ball too. Because... Eric Armstead, he he played a hell of a game, but that vaunted front seven, they weren't getting home. Like it wasn't. It, we, Armstead had what two sacks, mm-hmm. two sacks they, on they the three game. Total sacks on the, on the game. They had the one where Bosa and and, and uh, Farrell split it. I mean, for a, for a, remember this Bengals offensive line was Joe was getting hit. Mm-hmm. The calf injury, he couldn't move in the pocket. He couldn't do anything. And this is supposed to be one of, if not the best front seven in football. Well, and you, you take into consideration outside of the two Jamar Chase carries, which I don't know, they were averaging probably around like seven yards a carry. I mean, they Joe Mixon, yeah, t- sixteen carries, eighty-seven yards. Joe Burrow, six carries, forty-three yards. Calf is fine. Yeah, you know, his he's yeah, he looks fine back there. You you were getting diced up. And uh, give Cincinnati all the credit in the world, but 
there's some soul searching happening in San Francisco right now because when your quarterback isn't playing invincible anymore and your your defense is giving up 31 points and bookending that game with a couple of touchdowns in the first quarter and a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter, that's tough sledding, man. It's re- it's really tough. There really wasn't a lot to find there for the 49ers. And no. again, t- tip your not even tip your cap. The Bengals are getting right. That's what's happening here. The Bengals are getting right. Yeah, they, I mean they are, but three losses in a row says there's something wrong with the oh, 49ers. Absolutely, team. but I think it, I think it's a, yeah. a world where both things are happening. Where yep. you ran into a team getting right and you're not. Uh, offensively, clearly the, the 49ers are banged up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purdy, watching that replay back from last week. Getting put in concussion protocol, he did get, he did get rung up. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot more vicious than I thought it was. When you see the the replay from over the top, and it was just like, yikes, man! I think most hits in the NFL, like if we get all of the angles of them, we're all going to be like, God, that looks like it really hurt. Yeah, that one was uh was was pretty violent. But it, but again, uh, a little a nod to Christian McCaffrey, seventeen straight games with a touchdown. That is insane. He is automatic, man. That is absolutely entirely unfathomable. It's almost like it's never been done before. Well, he tied a record. <laughs> he tied a record. So it's been happened one other time, I believe. No, two other times. There was not, there was somebody else in that list as well. Uh, again, like old timey nineteen fifty three. Uh, oh no way! Tungsten Arm McGillicuddy kind of reference. I got to remember who it was. Uh, uh. But you take a look at where the 49ers are. This is what we talked about with the Seahawks. Even though they they dropped some games, they probably shouldn't have. Yep. You've got to find a way to win some ugly ones because you know that the two teams in the bottom of your division in, in Arizona and L.A. are not going to be there in the end. Yeah. They're just not. But if you can find a way to keep pace, and if you look at – have you have you taken a look at the, the NFC standings? It's ugly. Uh, No. If you take a look at the NFC standings, it is not a good place to be. It is – you take a look, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are three and four, but after that you have four and four Saints, four and four Vikings, four and four Falcons, five and three Niners, five and two Cowboys, five and two Lions, five and two Seahawks, seven and one Eagles. Everyone is bunched up in that conference. It's a great thing about the NFL, man, is that it is it's the beast that keeps on giving and look, I, I think one of the more scary teams in the NFL right now is the Dallas Cowboys and Look, I know Cowboys will have an inexplicable loss where you'll just sit there and you'll be like, oh, yep, told you. Uh, they're not very good again. But they, after that Niners butt-whooping that they got... They've rallied back. They really have. Particularly Dak. Dak looked really good yesterday. Uh, there you go. I said it out loud. Well, he got absolutely hammered on that opening drive. I was sitting there like, dude, are the Rams going to just... Just absolutely blast back the Cowboys. Sacks, one of them from the Donald. Three of them. They three? should have had three. Oh yeah, and, he got he got out of one. And they and then they end up going up thirty three to three at halftime. It was just like holy crap. Or I guess uh, they scored right before the half and went for two. But I was sitting there going, goodness gracious, this is a butt kicking they're laying down. And they tried to let him back in as much as they could. But they ended up extending it out, and they look like they're finding a groove and finding a rhythm. And this week, Eagles-Cowboys actually going to be a damn good game because the Eagles looked mortal again this this past week against the uh, Washington Commanders. But what great teams always do is they kind of find a way to win. And then they have the Giants-Panthers in back-to-back weeks after that. You could be looking at a Cowboys team that, God, are they going to be... If they win this week, 
they're looking at like eight and three or eight and two or seven and three through ten games. And that's a, I mean, that's a damn playoff team right there. Well, yeah, I mean, as I said, when you're talking about good. this conference, if you can, if you can get out in front right now, well, back into their back into the schedule is going to be really difficult because mm-hmm. they have Seahawks, Eagles, Lions, all in, and Bills all in there. Dolphins. It's going to sort itself Goodness out gracious. pretty quickly. Well, that's what happens when you end up with a, a pretty good regular season record the year before. Stack them wins though. Get them while you can. Yeah. Well, speaking of stacking wins, figuring out a way to survive in advance was the moral of the story for the non-Oregon Pac-12 teams. Both Washington and UST squeak out against inferior opponents, and Deion Sanders has a lot to say about his offensive Uh-oh. line. Coming up on Danny and Dusty, Danny the Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Oregon Ducks took care of their business early and often. Emphatically. At Rice-Eccles against Utah. Boy, I was a butt-kicking in every phase of the game. Indeed it was. Uh, Two other ranked teams in the Pac-12, the Washington Huskies and the USC Trojans, did not fare as well uh, against the, what I think everyone would look at and call uh, inferior opponents. I think this is what I go back to, and I, I will continue to beat the dead horse because... It rears its head all the time. Winning on the road is hard. Yes. Like, people are just like, ah, well, they're better. No. Winning on the road is hard, which means makes the 35-6 to six win that Oregon had Stand against out a much more. banged-up Utah team much more impressive. It's because it's not easy. No. It, it is not easy, especially in a conference that is as good as the Pac-12 is this year. From top to bottom. It's really hard. That's why I was really impressed when Arizona went up to Washington State and just whooped them. Why I was really impressed with Arizona State last week, which got a hangover win from mm-hmm. uh, from Washington. But Washington needed a pick six. They didn't score a touchdown on offense. But they ended up like putting up a great fight on the road. It's not easy to win on the road. And no. USC and Cal... Uh, USC's warts ended up showing again, and they are not good. And Lincoln Riley probably said something stupid like, 
well, technically the defense won the game for us because they held them on that two-point conversion at the end. Oh my God. But the defense was atrocious. No, the, the defense gave up 49 points. Jaden Ott ran all over them. He got to the again. For those Jayden that don't Ott know. runs over everybody. He though. runs over everybody. Also, dumb fast. He got to the edge and got a, broke a 61-yarder. USC's defense is not good. They are not unathletic. No, they are they are not very football smart. No. Uh, and this is... Alex Grinch deserves a ton of criticism. Yep, he does. Mm-hmm. He's not solely to blame here because r- what happened with Jade Knott was just a breakdown of basic football. Rush, rush lane discipline, holding the edge, responsibilities. I mean, Mason Cobb was the only one for USC who looked to be doing their job in the run game, which is why I believe he ended up with 15 tackles. Their awareness yeah. is just... Awful yeah. defensively. And is their awareness when a play is going on than when it's not? Bear Alexander last year damn near cost him the game, or last week damn near cost him mm-hmm. the game. This week it was Eric Gentry. Yep. Eric Gentry with a stupid personal foul at the end where it's like, dude, you know you're going to get flagged for taunting yeah. on that. And gave him 15 yards, and it, that led to the score that ended up losing the game for Cal because they went for two. And that's back-to-back weeks where teams have gone for two and not gotten it. I still um, think that was the right call. Well, back-to-back weeks say otherwise, but USC, their defense is going to catch up with them, and it'll catch up with them in a hurry. But it felt like a weird game from the start when they they moved the ball all the way down into inside the six. Something weird is happening at USC. They That opening drive where they get the ball down to the six-yard line and they don't score, mm-hmm. USC always scores yeah, they're one when of the, they get that. They're one of the best red zone offenses in in. Football. And they and, kick a field goal, and I was like, this is weird. Yeah. There's, like, this is getting squirrely. There's something a little bit weird, not only on the defensive side, but on the offensive side. One, this drum has been beaten plenty of times. They lost three starters on the offensive line, and they thought they replaced them with the, basically the best transfers in the in the transfer portal. Mm-mm. None of those guys are living up. They've already cycled two of those transfers out, and they've gone younger. They still get, what was it, how many sacks did they give up? I want to say it was like four? Well, and Caleb Williams is now playing with happy feet. Oh, yeah, no. Cal got there four times. That's four sacks that they got there. Yeah, they are. He is playing with a little bit of happy feet, and a lot of those in-rhythm throws are no longer in rhythm. Um, you saw it lead to interceptions last week. Mm-hmm. This week, he cleaned that up. Yeah, no, and again, this and he's is... dropping dimes. Some of those balls are just beautiful. And then he did have... I want to say there were six or seven drops on the game because so, his completion percentage was, was subpar. He was 23 of 40, but it should have been one of those 30, 31 of 40, a, a Bo Nix kind of completion percentage, yeah. uh, if, if you will. But what's interesting is, is Caleb has 13 carries for minus 13 yards because... He scrambled a ton and yep. kept going and took big, big losses on sacks, and it put them behind the chains and allowed them to get or, or Cal to get USC off the field enough times to where they could get their defense back on the field, USC's, and capitalize because Jade Knott ran for a buck fifty and Fernando Mendoza threw for three hundred. USC turned them over four times, no, five times. Mm-hmm. But they were plus four in the turnover department. And they win by one. If you're turning somebody over five times, this score should have been 50 to 14. There's no way you turn somebody over five bleeping times and you still get 49 hung on you. That is insane. Well, 
Jake Spivital is a really good offensive coordinator. And I think what we're seeing with Cal is um, 1J not really good. But then you have Fernando Mendoza. Is, we, he's grown so much this year. But Jake Spivital, I think we forget about him and his path because he was one of those guys. He's only 38 years old. He's already been a head coach. He was, I think, in his 20s, he was the offensive coordinator at Texas A&M, mm-hmm. um, like the Manziel yes. at Texas A&M. He is a super bright offensive mind, mm-hmm. and he was a, he was went to Texas State where he's a head coach, and then he got canned there, and now he's the offensive coordinator at Cal, and their offense is dynamic. It's 527 and they will, yards. They will formation you they to death. They will create leverage and like it's it's really a fun offense to watch which is kind of counter to what we think of Justin Wilcox's teams being cuz their offense sucked last year. They were bar- they were terrible last year. They're averaging almost 10 points more per game this year. Like that's Jake Spivital. That's from Fernando Mendoza growing as a quarterback as well. And so like they're finding their rhythm. They're a fun team to watch. And when they were at home, they had a little bit more spunk to them. They had a little bit more fire being um comfortable and being at home. But for USC, they got some real issues, man. It does not look their defense is terrible. We know that. Yes. But they don't look like they trust each other no. on either side of the football. And that is like that's a major red flag and a major concern because this isn't just like if this was just this week you'd be like yeah it's hard to win on the roads weird things happen Mm -hmm. this is a trend that we've seen over multiple weeks where they're playing with fire and they've gotten burnt but it's gonna happen in a big way if they keep it up they've got washington this week and they've got oregon the week after and a reckoning is coming their way don't look I'll, i'll i'll be bluntly honest before the show today, we were talking about Oregon USC. Yeah, and on, on November 11th, what did I say to you? <laughs> you didn't know if you wanted to go anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. I'm going to go. I, I'm, I, I do uh, want to go because it's going to be USC Oregon funny. last time in the Pac-12. But yeah. I don't know if I want to go down there and watch them get their, their teeth kicked in because of exactly what you just said. There's yeah. no trust in the reason they're winning games is because Caleb Williams is very much still that dude. Do not mm-hmm. get it twisted. If everybody's out there, oh, let's see what it looks like. No, he's still unabashedly the number one overall pick. There's nobody going any other way on that. But he doesn't trust his receivers to make he's the right reads. not Superman. He is not this slam dunk Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence he's type the, that we thought. He's the next step below that. And that's yeah. This year, he still should be number one. Yeah. He will be number He's one. He's yeah. terrifyingly good. Yep. But he is no longer standing in the pocket and making the reads. It is trying to make something magical happen mm-hmm. literally every snap. And you, even in college football, even as great as he is, and he is great. He's one of the best improvisers we've ever seen back there. You cannot do that every snap. You can't. No. You just can't do it. And Lincoln Riley finally deciding, hey, you know what? We should probably run the ball. Was instrumental in USC actually being functional this game. Uh, if you take away Caleb Williams' negative yards and the, the team negative yards, Marshawn Lloyd ran for seven yards a carry. Mm-hmm. We talked about this last week. Very effective in bolstering that. They may need to start leaning on Marshawn Lloyd to keep their bleeping defense off the field. Yeah, it's really hard because Lincoln Riley, he's an air raid disciple. Well, he's an air raid disciple. 
and it's take what the defense gives you. Like in Mike Leach always used to say this is like we have a run play on every call. It's just the defense doesn't want to give us that. Mm-hmm. Like by by the numbers and the leverage and what we're looking at, it's either we can run it or we can pass it. Like that was always it. Like, hey, we got something. We can we can always run the ball on you. But it's defensive alignments because the, their passing concepts will always put them in an advantageous position. But they're running the football. It's tried and true. I mean, it gets you, especially when you're deep, to protect a defense that is as bad as they are. And then they are getting. You should probably start doing it. They're getting gouged. And I don't. There's some stuff, <coughs> excuse me, going on at USC where people are getting frustrated with Lincoln Riley not doing the other stuff. The off the field for the alumni and the meetings and the boosters and stuff like that. Yeah, like uh, like this is why I thought the fit would be weird is because he there's he doesn't do that too stuff. many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. He's very sensitive, yep. and he is he he wants it to be a power vacuum mm-hmm. where he controls everything. Like we talked about this last last summer mm-hmm. about how when he was at Oklahoma. He was so paranoid that he had an entire dormitory had their windows frosted (laughs) so they couldn't see out onto the practice field. Like, that's really going to work at Mm -hmm. SC. And we're we're starting to see that, like, they're still really good. Yeah. But at the same time, 7-2, and not good enough for SC fans. And we're already starting to see the cracks in it. And that's the thing. As frustrating as this all has been for everyone down there, they're still one of two teams with only one loss in the conference. Yep. Both them and Oregon. That's why the next two weeks is going to sort things out. And coming up next, we will dive into uh, Washington and Stanford as well as uh, what the hell is going on with Colorado and Dion. Coming up next, Danny and Dusty. But first, here's the Big Kahuna with Sports Center update. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash this down? <laughs> This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. It's survive in advance in the Pac-12. The Washington Huskies are able to do that against the Stanford Cardinal. So we talked about it is difficult to win on the road. Michael Penix Jr. goes out for 369, nice, and four tutties, but did not, did not look right in the sense of being, number one, healthy. And this has been the case ever since the Oregon game. Do you, do you think he's he's okay? Uh, well, he was sick this past week. But, I mean, and that, the- that, like, apparently that was playing a big role into it, a role into his performance. Um, but he has not looked right. No, he didn't look. He didn't look like the superhero the last two weeks that he did against he, Oregon because he looked like a damn superhero against Oregon. Yeah, he got stuck in the ribs in that game, and ever since then he just had a little hitch in his giddy up. In this win at Stanford is forty-two to thirty-three, and the score doesn't tell you how close the game no. was. But I will go back to this because I see a lot of criticisms about Washington not looking good. Again, it's hard to win on the road, and it's hard to win in. in at Stanford, where that place, it, you talk about creating your own energy. It gets weird. It sucks. <laughs> like it does. It's a really nice stadium, mm-hmm. but it's quiet. Mm-hmm. The fans don't really know when to cheer or how to cheer. It's a bunch of nerds in a googly eyed tree. It just is. It's bizarro world. And Troy there. Taylor 
look, he gets those guys ready and has something different for you every week. Troy Taylor has won everywhere he's been. Yep. He is a damn good football coach, and he is getting these guys. He throws wrinkles at teams mm-hmm. every single week. He's got something different for and everybody. They are a well coached football team. Mm-hmm. Helps when you have a bunch of smart guys. Indeed, but they can pick that stuff up pretty quick. They are they they do look like a they're getting better as the season goes mm-hmm. on, no doubt about it. So is Arizona State. So is Arizona. I mean, there's a lot of teams across the Pac-12. There aren't very many teams that are getting worse as the season go, it goes on. Washington State. I think we can have that conversation about them. USC. Um, USC and Colorado. Yeah, Col- I mean, Colorado's three. not getting better, no. and mm-hmm. we'll talk about that here in a minute. But. Um, Michael Penix, he did. He started the game rough. I mean, he was, what, three of his first eight, two mm-hmm. of his first six, and he didn't look sharp. He looked out of rhythm. It, it helps when you have a 92-yard touchdown where the defensive back falls down because Oops. the receiver pushes him over. Um, that is very helpful. But Two weeks in a row. Throwing to a wide-ass open receiver, and they are, were all over the field. Yes. But it was the sharp throws on a line in between defenders, back-shouldering guys that we saw against Oregon. Those throws just haven't been Mm -hmm. as crisp, and they haven't been there. He's been hitting the wide-open guy, and look, he's really stinking good still. Yeah. But the the raw numbers were there. The efficiency was not. He uh, he looked sick. Uh, This is coming off a game, though, where you didn't score an offensive Mm -hmm. touchdown. And let's not kid ourselves, like – Stanford isn't all of a sudden like a great team. No. You should be able to impose your will, but this is like the hard part about a college football season. And it goes, but when you look back at that Utah game and what Oregon did to Utah, you're like, God, mm-hmm. that really is impressive. And the 42 to 6 beatdown they put at Stanford, it was impressive too. Mm-hmm. But for Washington, it's win. Because yes. if you win, you're, you're winning, in. Winning, and you're in. It's literally that simple. It doesn't matter if you score an offensive touchdown. It doesn't matter if Michael Penix is a it playing in God mode. No. Win a football game, stay undefeated, and that's all people will care about at the end of the day because it's really hard to do is to go through a season unscathed. 12-0, not very many teams are able to do it. And it is, as long as they keep winning... That's all that they care about. But I'm really interested for this next week. USC Washington. Mm-hmm. That's a game that you're going to see a lot of flaws exploited well, on, on both, both sides. sides. Look, if you're a Duck fan, you are a Trojan fan next week because you want that chaos, and you, you, you want you want them to win because guess what team you have the very next week? It's SC coming up to Eugene. And, you know, you can do the transitive properties, which is stupid, but people believe in it still, mm-hmm. which is, hey, we lost to them by three, but USC beat Washington mm-hmm. and we beat USC. Yep. So right now, at this point in the season, we're better. That is, that's not how football works. That's not how sports work. No, but that it always carries that little does. thing in the back of your head of like, see? Yeah. yeah. And it, you, get the, you get that three-way tie. It won't be a three-way tie. It'll be a three-way tie coming into the game against USC and Oregon if USC were to win, which I don't think they will. But uh, I, I think it's a, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup to see how this whole thing shakes out. And w- neither Washington nor USC are playing their best football right now. No, no, but but the th- terrifying thing is both these quarterbacks in their subpar performances mm-hmm. are better than basically every other quarterback in the country. And you look at it, Washington is only three and a half point favorites. Is the opening line mm-hmm. this week? You know they think that this game will be closer than. It may appear on the surface. It's number five going down to number 24. Mm-hmm. It's only a field goal game and, and a half hook. But 
I think that's where we're at. I mean, this is they got some demons that both these teams are trying to yes. exercise uh, this week, and they're going to have to do it against each other. And it's in the Coliseum, so Washington is again on the road. They're basically saying they're just uh, essentially just under a touchdown favorite. And this is the gauntlet for Washington. They got at SC, they got Utah at home, they go to Oregon State, mm-hmm. and then they have the Apple Cup. Like this is the the four game stretch where Washington's medal is going to really be tested over a stretch of games, and to be quite honest, they've been stretched from the Arizona game mm-hmm. before they even played uh, Oregon. Yeah, right. Since before their bye week, they've been flirting with yes. it, and because Arizona, they squeaked one out on the road. They have not been good on the road except for beating Michigan State, which everybody does now apparently. <laughs> like, and they just it's a rite of passage in the Big Ten. Yeah. So they are truly a Big Ten team. But uh, they weren't clean at, at Arizona. They weren't clean this week at Stanford. They need to clean some stuff up before UW or that perfect season may be going away. I can tell you right now, somebody else who wasn't clean was Shador Sanders. Yeah. Shador Sanders uh, oh, continues to be spectacular, but he got absolutely pummeled in the backfield for Colorado. And after the game, Deion Sanders did not uh, hold back how he felt about his offensive line. Coach, you mentioned the, the coaching aspect of it as well. Yes, sir. Specifically with the offensive line, I mean, what has to improve in that aspect besides from... The line. The line has to improve. It ain't no aspect. The line has to improve. You talked about run-pass balance a lot. Yeah. I think it was up until that last drive you had made the seven carries of running backs. You had like 34 passes. Yeah. How, how much is, is of that as a struggle for you guys right now? Just well, it's a struggle to run the ball. It's a struggle to run the ball. And well, we we got to figure figure that out because now you're, you're one dimensional, and it's easy to stop a team when they're one dimensional, and that's who we are at this point in time. Could follow up on that? Could being able to commit to that, you talked about one. Commit to what? Running the ball. Could, could that help? I, I think we committed to it on a first down, and we were second and fifteen. Right. Those are the type of things you don't want to do and get behind the eight ball. First downs are so vital. First downs are. Everything. I mean, first downs are when we held them um, statistically on first downs, it, it was hard for them to move the ball as well. And uh, when we're getting negative yards on first down, that's a tremendous loss. Because now you know you're going to throw the ball on second down and they're, they're calling their defenses pertaining to that loss. I just asked that in terms of the big picture, trying to keep Shadur upright, healthy. And the big picture, you go get new linemen. That's the picture. And I'm going to paint it perfectly. Dicey, dicey, and then super dicey at the end. He just says, screw it, we're going to go get new linemen. I don't know if that's necessarily a thing you want to put out there, but on the same token, UCLA had seven sacks, ten tackles for loss. Shador Mm -hmm. Sanders was pressured and or hit 20 Mm -hmm. times. Uh, That's a lot. Remind me, what did Dion say? When he took over that job, they brought Louis. Yeah, he he was bringing his Louis, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you he went into the portal, he ran off eight linemen, mm-hmm. eight linemen. He he ran off and said, "Get out of here! We don't want you. You're not good enough." They brought in six offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They brought in tackles from Liberty and Kent State. Mm-hmm. They brought in uh, a tackle from Jackson State, where he was at before. Mm-hmm. They brought in a guard from Kent State, where his offensive coordinator was a year before. Mm-hmm. 
and a Dartmouth. Uh, I think the center is from Dartmouth. Not exactly college football powerhouses that you associate with offensive linemen. Well, this is the thing, and this is where like Dion in spring ball, he says that right, mm-hmm. and he's he's saying we're going to run guys off, we're going to go through all these changes, we are going to change the 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 talent level on this team, and you you believe it, right? Because he's bringing Louie. Well, these are his guys. Mm-hmm. Like they, it's not like he has a ton of holdover here. These are his guys. And when you throw your guys under the bus, that then becomes the slippery slope there of uh, is he going to start losing some of some of those guys in the locker room because uh, obviously he's playing favorites with his guys that are his guys, you know, like his two sons, his two sons. or Travis Hunter mm-hmm. or, you know, some of the high prize recruits that that he brought in. Mm-hmm. Um like the was the receiver Omarion um Oh goodness, the spacing on his name, but um Cooper. Yeah, Cooper and then Weaver, the other wide receiver, mm-hmm. and then he has the corner on the outside, he's the number one corner in the country there. Like he's he's obviously playing his, his favorites. And yeah, every coach in the world does. Sure. Also, but, his one it has to be hard for him as a as a dad. I know it's gotta be impossible to separate the two. When yeah. you're watching your son get the ever living crap kicked Heck out yeah. of him back there, that's gotta you can say what you want. I separate the two, blah, blah, blah. When you're watching your kid get hit 20 freaking times. That's got to be tough. There is two sides of this. One side is that the offensive line knows they need to be better. Yes. Right? And I do, there's a part of me that appreciates that Dion is saying that quiet part out loud mm-hmm. because behind closed doors, any coach in the country is going to be saying exactly what Dion is saying. And mm-hmm. he's just being forthright. Yes. And by all accounts, he that's a way he is with sure. his players, which is he is forthright and he's honest with them and it may not, it may not be good for your feelings, mm-hmm. but it's not about feelings. It's about winning games. And he shows the guys that he cares about him in another way. But when you start losing football games and you're calling out your players mm-hmm. publicly, those rifts are going to be interesting to it see how far those those divides get because it can become a very slippery slope. Also, the, the, this should not be look glossed over. UCLA has one of the best pass rushes in the country. Hell yeah. Like, we talked about this heading into the game, too. It was like, guess what? They're going to eat, and Colorado can't run the football. Yeah, no. The Murphy brothers combined for three sacks and four tackles for loss, and Leatu Latu also had two sacks and two tackles for loss. They give up 5.25 sacks per game. They are 132nd out of 133 teams in the country so UCLA in sacks uh, in sacks allowed and Colorado exceeded that yeah because they were playing a really good team they are the worst in power five Old Dominion is the only FBS team worse than them yeah that's the thing is like you you, you're already a bad bad a bad Mm. offensive line and now you're getting the kicker because it's UCLA yep we all saw this coming yeah you play good teams and your roster isn't very good uh yep I mean they, they ran the ball 24 times for 25 yards Oh man, that's that feels impossible. They they didn't they didn't have a run play. It doesn't feel impossible. We saw it against Oregon too. It's true. I mean, they, they, the only team they were able to run the ball against was USC. It's crazy. They're just Colorado's not there yet. No, I hope they do get there eventually. But they are at four wins, which is you know three more than they had last year. Yes, it is. 
And they, it's a completely different feeling about the Colorado football program. It going wasn't going to be built overnight. No. We all knew that, even though the national media tried to hype it up like yes. the first three games of the year. Oh, my God, look at Colorado's back. No, they're not. They, they're not as good as they yeah. were built up to be the, through the first three weeks. They're not as bad as they were last year, and it's not even close. All right, come on next. We'll put a wrap on today's show and get you ready to hand off to Isaac and Souk, where Souk is, well, he's got a he's got something on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Danny and Dusty, today the fan. Well, rest in peace, Matthew Perry, also known as Chandler Bing, uh, born August 19th, 1969 in Williamstown, Massachusetts, found unresponsive in a hot tub at his home over the weekend. Uh, the cause of death has cause of death has it yet to be determined. Oh man, that's so sad. And you know, you never we we don't know kind of what happened yet. But he was a guy that was very open with the demons that he's fought his entire life, and that sucks, man. He was really funny, and I loved Friends not because of him, but because of the whole group. They were really great. That's weird. Ross I, is the worst. Friend. I've never I've never heard a whole group called Rachel Aniston. Rachel, Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston, Aniston and Rachel. Good lord, I liked her yeah. a lot. Who didn't? I also liked Monica and mm. Phoebe. Like I was a big fan of all Look, of them. Monica had the. They good. all brought something very different. Monica brought a little something late to the game. I liked it. She did. She. I mean, that show Cougar Town. She really picked her game up and then went fourth through. quarter comeback. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, also, Chandler that was the Bean. happiest like obituary I've ever heard. Little that one. Yeah. Over the obituary. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yikes. I don't know. Chandler Bing. Yeah. Uh, do you guys remember what uh, Joey and Chandler's TV guide, who that was billed to? No. Chenandler Bong. <laughs> uh, I like that. My, uh, my cousin Shannon was a massive Friends fan, mm. and so... Until, oh, I don't know, last year, she was sh- saved in my phone as Shenandelerbong. <laughs> you know what I've never, uh, I know what I've never done is save somebody in my phone other than who they are. Oh, really? Yeah. I have a lot. I, the, the one that I always see that's always funny is, uh, you know it's bad when you're saved in somebody else's phone as free food. <laughs> that is bad. Yeah, they know they can call you up anytime for a date and you'll buy. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> That's brutal. All right, that'll do it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow, noon to mm. three up next. You got Isaac and Souk, four hours of power from their mouth to your ears. Have a great sports equinox, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and NHL all playing tonight. Woo! Woo! All right, have a great one. We'll see you Tuesday from noon to three right here on The Fan. Bye. Boy, I was slinging that thing. I almost wet myself. <laughs> mm, it stinks. What? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.